In the last message, we learned what salvation is and how to get saved. In this video, we'll discuss if you even need to get saved and why. Let's jump right into it. So the question is, do I need to get saved? The quick and dirty answer to that, I guess the quick and clean answer to that would be yes. Uh, you know, I believe that everyone should get saved. And I, I know that that's the desire of God is for everyone to be saved. But we also know that God has given us free will. We have the choice if we want to get saved or not. And that's everyone's choice. So no one can be forced into getting saved. God doesn't force any of us. It's our choice. However, if you want to spend eternity with Christ, then salvation is going to be your key. If you don't want to spend eternity with Christ, then the answer to that question would be no. Uh, but again, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to get saved. Well, I say that, but then I also understand that people want to live the lives they want to live. And when you submit yourself to Christ, there are parameters in which you have to abide by and live by. Uh, there's rules. You know, uh, we learned in the last video that if Christ is our Lord, that means he's someone who rules over us and gives us rules that we have to live by. And some people just don't want to live by those rules. You know, other people, they just don't understand it yet. And so that's why they haven't or don't want to get saved. Some people do understand and they still don't want to get saved. They just want to do what they want to do. However, if you're one of those people who just don't understand, uh, but you want to learn more about salvation, then I'm going to give you eight reasons why salvation is important. Let's start with number one, because salvation gives you access to Jesus which gives you access to God the Father. You can't have a relationship with Christ without first surrendering yourself to him by denying yourself, denying your own life and following after him. So Matthew 16 and 24, the New King James Version states, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. You also can't have a relationship with God the Father without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't circumvent and go around Jesus to get to God. It just doesn't work that way. God is a God of order and he wants things done in a certain way. John 14 and 6, which is in the New King James Version says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, New King James Version says, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So there's order there. And God is not going to allow you to go around in order for you to get to God. The father, you have to go through Christ. And I know in this day and age, there's so many people who have their own ideas of who God is and who who the Messiah is, who who's going to give them access to, to God uh, in eternity. But. God has already provided us with his manual, which we talked about last time, which is the Holy Bible, which explains that Christ is the only way, the true way to get to him. And you can't get to him any other way. So you, you must have a relationship with Christ first. Um, and salvation gives you access to that relationship. Number two is because God called you. People who aren't saved hear the call, but they keep running for various reasons. Um, some people run because they they know, again, that there's responsibility 
with getting saved and they don't want to have their responsibility. They want to do what they want to do when they want to do it, how they want to do it. And <laughs> they don't realize and realize that they just keep spending. They keep spinning their wheels and they keep just wasting time and their lives aren't really getting any better. Um, they may be gaining material things, but spiritually they're getting they're dying more and more daily. They're, they're spiritually dead, you know, and their lives are empty uh, the more they run. But if God has called you, that means he wants you to be one of his. But like I said before, the choice is yours. So God will call, you know, whoever. But, you know, it has to be it's up to us to accept that call. Matthew 22, 1 through 14 says, and this is New King James. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed their, those murderers, and burnt up their cities. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding." So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all them, all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who, who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. The king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. So that passage it is loaded. It has a lot in it. Um, I mean, you think about, you know, the servants going out and trying to gather people to come to the wedding. That's like, you know, Christians who are going out into the world, preaching the gospel, trying to tell people about, you know, God and about Jesus and Christ and about this everlasting life with, with, with the Lord. And, you know, in this day and age, just like what this parable was showing, most people, they don't want to come to the wedding. They don't want to come to Christ. They don't want to come to uh, uh, Christianity. And so they go and do their own things. And then you have some who actually become combative, some who persecute, persecute Christians, some who kill Christians. And that's what was kind of uh, relayed in this story, um, this parable is that, you know, some of us who go out to try to reach the lost are actually going to be persecuted and killed because of that. And then you have some who, you know, because, you know, the original people that God wanted to come, who we know in the Bible were the children of Israel, were his original people. Um, they they turned on them. They didn't want to come. They refused him. So God opened up the 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 heaven's gates <laughs> to everyone else, the Gentiles and, and, and anyone who would 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 humble themselves and, and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and who would, you know, be obedient to him. And even as you see in this story, you know, a lot of people came in um, because they were uh, welcome to the wedding, but there were still people who came, but they wanted to come their own way. 
And with, with Jesus, you can't just come your own way. You have to come, you know, the way he, 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 you, well, with God, the father and Jesus too, they're all one. Um, but in the Trinity, God, the father is, is the head, you know, and you can't come your own way. You have to go the way that God, the father has instructed and the way that he instructed is through Jesus Christ. Um, and lastly, you know, the scripture says, for many are called, but few are chosen. And so, you know, God called all those people and they had access to 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 come to him. But they all chose not to be chosen. And that's the thing people don't realize is that God is not, you know. Refusing you is you actually refusing him because it, the gospel is out there. It's everywhere nowadays. You know, nowadays people don't have an excuse. And even when the gospel wasn't everywhere uh, as far as, you know, on television, Internet and all that stuff that we have now. Even then, God was still God. And even we saw in the Bible that God would speak to people audibly, you know, whoever he wanted to speak to. So even if, you know, I always hear this this argument, you know, what about that person who lives in some remote part of the world that's never heard the gospel? You know, <laughs> I believe that God, you know, being who he is, can still reach them however way he wants to. He, 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 you know, you think about Paul's conversion. Paul was, you know, on his way to Damascus and 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 was blinded and, and God spoke to him and all that. You know, we y'all know the story. If you don't, you know, go and read it. Um, but, you know, God spoke to him audibly and, you know, God has spoken to other people in the Bible, you know, whether it be Samuel, whether it be whoever. And so God, wh whoever he wants, whoever he wants to reach and he who know who he knows will want to be one of his, he can reach him, whether, you know, someone goes and preaches to them or not, you know, um, I think in this day and age, he prefers us to go out and preach and teach. Um, and so that's the way that that most of the time nowadays people get converted to Christianity or just to get to learn about Christianity. Um, but God still can 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 reach whoever you want to reach outside of people preaching and teaching. Uh, but like I said, just based off how the Bible is set up and how things are set up now, I believe God wants us to go out and preach and teach. And that's what his word says in the New Testament. So few for many are called, but few are chosen. So um, choose to be chosen. Number three, because it will make you a better person. We know before salvation, we are wretched beings. You know, a lot of us think that we have it all together, but it's not till after we get saved. We look back and say, wow, I was a mess. You know, I know I can say that for myself, you know, at times I really thought I had things together and I thought I had everything I wanted. Um, but when I look back and I saw where my life was compared to where it is now, my life was trash. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, so getting saved will truly make your life better. Um, people that profess to be saved should, should get better with time because their lives begin to reflect Christ in them. We are to transform and be renewed. First John two and six New King James Version says, who, he who says he abides in him ought also himself also to walk just as he walked. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, and this is King James Version. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Creature. New, cre new creature. Some people, some verse say new creation. This one says new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when you become when you become a Christian, when you get saved, your life becomes better because you become more like Christ. 
And so, you know, it makes you getting saved makes you a better person. And like I said, I, I know for me, my life has been definitely been turned upside down for, uh, for the right way, in the right way. And I'm definitely a, a much better person. Number four, because salvation brings fulfillment. Your life is empty without Christ. This emptiness comes from being spiritually fruitless and spiritually dead. Nothing you do outside of him matters. But in Christ, we obtain fullness of joy. John 15 and 5, King James Version says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Philippians 3, 7 through 8, King James Version says, But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. So that was Paul speaking. And Paul was basically saying, Anything I've I've gained outside of Christ is worthless. Like, you know, if y'all don't know what dung is, dung is basically manure, it's, it's feces. You know, that's how, you know, anything he can basically him comparing anything that he's gained up to that, that point compared to Christ was worthless compared to him. There's there's no comparison. Um, so, you know, when you have Christ, anything that you do without him is basically empty and, and purposeless purposeless so when you have him there's a fulfillment and there's fruit that you gain that you produce that that are fulfilling there's things that 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 are pleasing to god and and everything outside of that it's not it's worthless number five because salvation brings you direction and guidance jesus sent us his holy spirit to guide us when he when he passed well i said when he passed um, when he left this earth, he told us, you know, he's going to send a comforter and, you know, and he will lead and guide us. And so, you know, when you don't have Christ, when you're not saved, you don't have that guidance. And, and it's evident. You see people who don't have Christ, they, they're kind of, you know, just switching lanes all the time. You know, one week they're doing this next week, they're doing that one week. They look like this next week. They look like that. One day they say this next day they say something totally opposite they they're lost and they don't have any direction it's because they're they're walking in darkness and they can't find their way but if they were to submit themselves to Christ Christ will be that direction for them he'll be that light for them so John 16 and 13 New King James version says however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell tell you things to come. So when the Holy Spirit is telling you things to come, you're not surprised. You you know what to expect. You know, you know, it's like he's giving you guidance on where to go, how to prepare for certain things. You're not shocked. You're not, you know, it, you, you're just comforted <clears throat> by the fact that you have the Holy Spirit with you. In fact, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. So, you know, just the fact that you you have that guidance, you know, if say you're walking um, on a, a, a unknown path somewhere and it's dark outside, you know, if you're walking by yourself on this unknown path and it's dark outside midnight, <clears throat> you may be afraid because you don't know what's out there. You know, it could be robbers. It could be, you know, um, dogs and, and or it could be, you know, just whatever out, out and about in the dark that you don't see. But when you have a guide 
who's who knows the path and and who's lighting the path, it, it comforts you because you can see ahead. You can see see to the left and right. You can see ahead of you, and you and you you don't have to have to worry where you're going because the guide is taking you there as long as you continue to follow him. Also, Jesus Himself is the light that leads us out of the darkness. John eight and twelve, King James version says, "Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life." And that's basically what I was just saying. You know, if you're walking with Christ, you know you you you're not in darkness anymore. You you can see what's going on. You 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 know where you're going because Christ is leading you, and there's comfort in the light. You know, a lot of people are scared at night because it's simply because it's dark and you can't see what's going on. You don't know what's coming your way. But in light, you don't have to worry because you can see. And if there's some danger coming ahead, you, it gives you time to move before the danger gets to you. But when, when you're walking with Christ, you don't have to move because Christ protects you from that danger. You know, so not only do you see the danger, but then you have protection from that danger because Christ is in your life. Number six. Because salvation brings you freedom. Uh, and this freedom is basically from sin. It's from your fleshy nature. It's from devils and his demons. Um, you know, I know for me, I definitely uh, felt like a slave when I was in in sin. <laughs> in fact, I actually wrote a song about it that we sing in my church uh, called Redemption. And uh, I think I actually start the song off saying, I was a slave to the enemy till you freed me from the sin in me. <laughs> so that's just a little part of that. But, you know, that's how I felt. I was a slave to the enemy. You know, I, I there were like things that I didn't want to do. I kept doing and kept falling into it because um, I just didn't have the freedom that, that God gives. You know, I was the devil had yokes on me and, and had me bound in chains and made me. I won't say made me, but I gave him the keys to allow me to be enslaved. Um, and so being enslaved, I did what my master at the time, who was the devil, uh, told me to do. And so I'm thankful now that I've been freed and God has cleaned me up and pruned me and all the other stuff. Um, but again, salvation is what opened up the door for me to be freed. Romans eight, one through two King James version says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Number seven, because other people need the God in you. God has given you a light that will attract certain people. They might not be able to receive from someone else, but are drawn to your light which essentially should be God's light shining through you. If you're not saved, you don't have that light. So you're not capable of pointing people to Christ because you yourself are in darkness and need his light. So Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So, you know, people are supposed to see our good works. Now, the flip side of that is we're not doing good works just to be seen. We're not doing it, you know, for vain reasons. We're, we're doing the good works just because the good works are in us to do. You know, the good works are, you know, 
serving other people, um, helping other people, um, doing the things that please God, you know, people that are around us, whether it be our coworkers, whether it be our families, whether it be our friends, whether it be our associates or acquaintances, they, they see our lives, you know, and if we, we, we allow them to see the good in us that may cause some of them to say, you know what, I want what he has, you know, I think back to when I was, uh, a single man, but I was saved. I was saved and single. Um, and <laughs> I'm laughing because there was, I remember a, a, a young lady had on his shirt one time said, uh, saved, sexy and single. And I was like, you know, that sounds like an oxymoron to me. That didn't really go, you know, you, you shouldn't be trying to be sexy and, and saved and single at the same time. You know, only person you should be sexy for is your husband. And if you're single, you don't have a husband. Therefore, you shouldn't be trying to be sexy for anybody. So, but I digress. <laughs> but <laughs> during those years that I was saved and single, um, I got several compliments from different people. They were like, you know, in, in your singleness, you seem free. Um, you're happy basically being about God's business. Um, you, you're not somewhere depressed and, 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 and anxious to be married. And, and deep down, I really, really, really wanted to be married. I wanted to find my wife. But at the same time, I trusted God and and I was just doing God's work. I was, you know, I was a youth leader at the time. I was a youth director for an after school pro program. I was on a praise team. I was, you know, just doing all those things in the church, helping out wherever I can. And people saw those good works and it made them glorify God in heaven. They were like, wow, is there something about him? And, you know, most knew that it was God and those who didn't know. I told them, you know, they would ask, what, what, what is it about you? Why are you the way you are? And I would point them to God. And some of those people eventually, you know, the ones who weren't saved, you know, um, gave their lives to the Lord, some of them and some didn't. But those were plant seeds planted, you know, just because they saw me living out good works in front of them and allowing my light to shine. And again, it wasn't my own light. It's the light that I was reflecting from Christ. So number eight, which is the last point. And this one's probably the longest, too, um, because God wants to bless you in ways that you're not capable of receiving when you're not saved. Yes, God can bless whoever he wants to. And based on Matthew 5, 45, we know that he reigns on the just and the unjust. However, there are some benefits that only come from being saved. The most obvious benefit is being saved from hell and getting to spend eternity with God in heaven. And. We kind of talked about that before in the last message, but I'll read this scripture. Romans, Romans 2, 6 through 11, New King James Version says, Who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory, honor and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. So we see here that the people who choose to not give their lives to the Lord and who choose to disobey him and, and do evil um, they have to endure, they're going to endure wrath and tribulation and anguish and all of that in for eternity in hell. Uh, but those who 
choose to obey Christ, obey God, give their lives to God, get saved, do good works, they get to spend eternity with God in heaven. Another benefit that you get is that you get the Holy Spirit as a guide, which we talked about before, so I won't belabor that. Um, another benefit is the ability to be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 states that these fruit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And these are all the things that we need to, to, to make it through this life. You know, we definitely need love because without love, you know, things die. God is love, you know, and the opposite of God is life and opposite of life is death. And so we definitely need love. We need to be able to love other people uh, and to be loved. We need joy. <laughs> Without joy, there's, there's sadness and there's sorrow. And, you know, being saved, you get to experience joy, unspeakable joy that you only can get from being saved. Yes, you can have times of being happy and all of that, you know, when you're not saved. But the type of joy that you get from salvation is one that even when you're going through tough times, you still have that joy on the inside that makes you still feel uh, thankful to God and, and, and grateful. And you still can smile even through the tough times. You have peace. And that's a big one nowadays. There's so many people who are on psych meds who, you know, dealing with depression, anxiety, um, post-traumatic stress disorders and all those things, you know, and as y'all know, I'm a physician, so I get to see um, patients that have these disorders. And, you know, it's just, it's sad to see. I don't actually treat the disorders, but, you know, they, they I see their history and I see that they're on meds and they're, they're being treated for these disorders. And often, I won't say often, I, all the time, you know, the reason why they don't have peace is because they don't have either they don't have God in their lives or they profess to have them in their lives, but they don't allow him access to those areas that are causing him anguish and causing him to, to, to have depression and, and, and causing him to have anxiety. They're holding on to different things that they need to release and let go of. But when you're saved, God gives you access to peace. He gives you the power to let go of those things. He gives you power to overcome those thoughts and all that stuff that's going on. Um, but some people choose not to, and that's their prerogative. I choose to have peace. Uh, long suffering, which is basically being able to just, you know, basically it's kind of patience. It's the same thing as patience. You know, you get to go through hard times and you can, you don't faint, you don't give up, you don't quit. You go through it like a good soldier because God has given you that ability to do that. And we see a lot of people give up and faint and, and give and just give in to things that they shouldn't give into because they don't have that fruit. They don't have long suffering as a fruit in their life, in their lives gentleness <laughs> we see nowadays just looking at you know television social media and all of those just different places you know just out in in, in public and in in general you know people are, are no longer gentle you know even on the the road you know <laughs> roadways you know there are all these road rage um incidents you know you know you got all these uh reality shows where the the men and women are fighting each other and cat fighting and, and, and just, just a bunch of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say non-gentleness cause I don't know if that's a word, but people just live in the opposite of being gentle. You know, they're, they're harsh, they're brash, they're, they're combative. They're not gentle with each other. And that's because they don't have that fruit goodness, you know? And that's basically, like I said before, doing good works, 
uh, living a good life. You know, people don't want to live a good life anymore. They think it's boring. They want to be, you know, they think bad is good nowadays, you know, and bad is cool. Uh, but goodness still is what God wants for us and what, what he wants us to produce in our lives. Um, goodness lead, leads us to some of these other um, fruit. It leads you to peace. It leads you to joy, um, leads you to the other ones. Uh, so they're all kind of connected. Uh, God gives you faith. Uh, faith is one that we're seeing in this world today. A lot of people don't have. They have uh, what some call the opposite of faith. They have fear. And fear has crippled so many people in this day and age because they don't have faith or because the, the faith they have is small and they don't they don't activate their faith. They don't feed their faith. They don't read the Bible. They don't pray. They don't communicate with God. They don't go to church and hear a message that is uplifting and they will increase their faith. They don't do any of those things and they don't understand why. They let fear rule them rather than faith. Meekness, which is basically controlled strength. You know, people think that meekness is weakness and it's definitely not weakness at all. It's just you being able to control your own strength and not, you know, just go off every time you're offended. Go off every time somebody angers you. Um, but just really being meek and, and, and understanding that, you know, we all have issues. We all fall at times, um, giving people grace when they, when they, have, when they do things against you and not just flying off the handle every time, uh, when someone does things against you, um, but just being meek and humble, you know, um, and like the Bible, like Jesus said, turning the other cheek, you know, uh, when things are done, you know, not feeling like you always have to get back at people, you know, to be honest, you never have to get back at people because, you know, the word says, God said that vengeance is mine, said the Lord. So you don't have to get back at anyone. You know, if someone wrongs you, let God get them if, 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 he, if he even wants to get them. You know, and I'm sure he will. He'll deal with them, have a way he, he needs to if, if they did something wrong. But sometimes it's, it's not even that they done something wrong. We just interpreted what they did the wrong way. And sometimes he has to deal with us and change our minds. And we, we go back and say, you know what? They actually didn't do anything against me. So I'm glad I didn't go off on them because I allowed that meekness to keep me contained, you know, and that kind of leads into the last one is which is uh, temperance, which is basically self-control. And we see nowadays people are not self-controlled, you know, e you know, think about our eating habits and our activity levels, you know, <laughs> in America, just in the past couple of decades, our, you know, our weight has ballooned. And, you know, 70s and 80s, you know, the percentage of people who were obese and overweight were were so low compared to where they are now. Now, 60 to 70 percent of American adults are either overweight or obese. And I think about uh, 30 to 40 percent of American adults are actually obese, which is a body mass index of, of 30 or greater, which is, is significant, you know. Um, but that's because we don't have self-control anymore. You know, that's why people are addicted to pornography. That's why people, um, are addicted to drugs and all these other things, because we don't, we don't have that self-control and we allow the things around us to control us. And God wants us to be controlled. He wants us to have all of these fruit of the spirit, um, which like I said, the, these are one of the, this, they are one of the benefits of being saved. Um, in addition to that, you get an extended family of brothers and sisters in the faith. You also get material things. 
uh, Matthew 19 and 29, which is New King James Version says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and in inherit eternal life. So basically, God is saying basically in this life, you know, God is going to bless you with with things when you forsake those things for him. Uh, but then you also get to inherit eternal life. So it's like you got a win win situation. Um, so that it's just all good when you when you give up, you know, what you want to do to get saved and to fall out to Christ. Um, other things you get, you get the anointing, which strengthens and empowers you. You get grace. You get God's favor, which grace is his unmerited favor. You get mercy. And it's just a host of other things that God gives us when we uh, surrender our lives to him. There's so many benefits of, uh, of salvation. You know, the Bible says, forget not my benefits. So God, you know, he, he blesses us with these things and he don't want us to forget them because it just reminds us of his goodness and it keeps us going. It keeps us going and, and keeps us from giving up. All right. So that's all I have for this message. I know it was a little bit longer than, than the others that I've done, uh, but I really do hope and pray that it blesses whoever hears especially those who really need to understand what salvation is, how to get saved, uh, why salvation is important, and, you know, the other message to come. I hope you continue to listen and continue to learn. And I just pray that the messages are a blessing to you. And before we leave, I'd like to just pray for whoever's listening. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all the listeners, God. I pray that those who don't know you as their Lord and Savior will repent of their sins, will confess their faults, God, will confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and not just confess him, but believe that he is their Lord and Savior and believe that, that God raised him from the dead and that he is now living, that he's at the right hand of the Father, uh, just interceding for them, God. And I pray that, that they believe that, that God is their, their their Lord, not just in, in word, but also in, in, in deed and truth, meaning that because he's their Lord, they're going to follow after him. They're going to do the things that his word teaches them to do, and they're just going to be uh, good servants of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I just pray that whoever's listening, God, that you will touch their heart, touch their mind, God, give them a better understanding of who you are, God, and why they need to have a relationship with you, God. I pray that they, will, again, will repent and just really just give their lives over to you, God, because life without you is empty, meaningless, is sinful, is is devilish, is all those things, God. But life with you is pure, is holy, it, it, it has meaning, it has purpose, it has fulfillment. And I pray to God, the ones who are listening to this that don't have those things will realize that they can gain them through you and that you're calling them, God, and that they just need to submit themselves to you and answer your call. Lord, I pray this prayer in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. So hopefully I'll, I, I won't see you because <laughs> this is a podcast, but hopefully you'll be back next week uh, to hear the next message. And uh, I just pray you continue to, to listen. Again, this message is on anchor.fm forward slash total success 365. It's also on Apple um, Podcasts. You also can find it on Spotify. Just do searches for Journey to Total Success uh, podcast, or you can maybe even try searching my name, Dr. Marco Britton, and it should come up. Also, um, you can go to the website, which is www.totalsuccess365.com 
or you can go to my personal website, which is www.drmarcobritton.com. And you also have access to the podcast, the video blog um, and everything that Total Success is doing. Again, we're trying to build up our um, email list because I know that social media and some of the other platforms may not be the best way to keep in contact with people because they have all these algorithms. And sometimes, you know, good content won't get to you because the algorithm won't, won't allow it to. So if you if you want to, you know, be abreast of what we're doing, send me your, your email address. Just email me at one total success, three sixty five at gmail.com. That's again, the number one total success, three sixty five at gmail.com until next time. God bless. Take care.